Hey everybody, just wanted to let you know that this week's episode is another previously recorded episode from a while ago, but it directly follows last week's episode. In this scene, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie happens, and it's Venom saying, I am out of the Eddie closet. Yeah, I just uh, thought it was so funny. Venom is all inclusive, yeah. Welcome back to the Other Brothers Podcast, the show where two best friends give their thoughts and opinions on any and all consumable content out there in the world. I'm John. And I'm Colin, and we're your hosts. Hey, John, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to be talking about Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Um, If you remember last week, we talked about the first Venom movie in anticipation of this movie coming out. John, what is your one-sentence non-spoiler review? Hopefully you can do a lot better than I did. All right, here we go. Man, I was going to write this down, too, because I thought about it earlier, and I did not write it down, so I forget everything I thought of. But that's okay. Let's see. Non-spoiler review of Venom Let There Be Carnage. One sentence. All right. Serial killer bites man on hand and becomes a supervillain. Mm, that, that, that sounds like a spoiler, John. I think we're in spoiler territory. I don't uh, think we so are because that's forward. in the trailer, sir. <laughs> I think anything that's in the trailer is valid to say. Okay, fine. That's fair. Because Carnage has to come from somewhere. Uh, Titanic, the boat sinks. Oh no. Shocker. I, if, I do think that's a, good, that's, a good, that's a good sentence. And please remember, if you have not seen this movie yet, because it is new if you have not seen it, we are going to be talking about it in extreme depth. There will be spoilers. So if you don't <laughs> yeah. want this movie ruined for you, don't listen. Colin... What did you think of this movie? I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. I would love to tell you about my movie experience, though, for how I enjoyed it. Okay, bring it on. So I bought my ticket to see it the weekend it came out. And so far, up to this point, because of how long we've waited for a Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, I, when the trailer dropped, did not watch it. I avoided it. I saw a meme or two on Facebook and scrolled past any picture or interview thing that I could. I've heard a couple of things, and I'm pretending it's all rumor. I specifically showed up late, because I had a feeling that there would be a trailer for No Way Home. So I tried to show up right when I thought the trailers would be ending. And when I walked in, the trailers were still going. And keep in mind, I was like maybe 15 minutes late. The second that I sat down and got comfy, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer started playing. And I had to avoid it, however possible. (laughs) Man, I'm going to stop you right there because I also have been trying to avoid anything about Spider-Man No Way Home. And yes, there was a leaked trailer. I knew a trailer would be in the movie theaters at some point. I was really, really hoping that it would not be a time that I was at the movies. But I had already gotten up once to go to the bathroom in the middle of trailers, so I felt like it would be wrong if I stood up and walked out a second time within five minutes of me just getting back, especially with the people that were like two seats down from me. So I did not leave, and I wish that I did, only because for those of you who don't know me very well, especially when it comes to Marvel movies, I try to avoid any and all everything before I see said Marvel movie. I don't like seeing trailers for anything. I don't like reading things about anything. I just want it to be as organic of a movie as possible in terms of my experience with it. I don't want anything going in because I don't want to be like, I'm waiting for this to happen kind of a feeling. And so this trailer happening makes that really hard for me because I'm trying also to pretend like it didn't happen or that it's just speculation because I just want to be surprised with anything that might happen in Spider-Man No Way Home when we get there. Absolutely. Aside from that, though, how was your movie experience? (laughs) Well, talking about the movie at hand, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, I was in a mostly empty theater and had a blast. It was such a fast movie that I think there were were a couple of moments that, and and we'll get to them, I was hoping the movie would just slow down and let me enjoy it for a minute. But aside from that, I, I thought it was great, just as awkwardly enjoyable as the first one. It's not a good movie, but it's a ton of fun. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. So I went to a matinee, and by matinee, I mean it was like 2 o'clock because that was the earliest showtime I could get, but there was actually a decent amount of people in my theater, more than I thought would be, and like two seats down from me on my left, there was a dad and a small child. So I was like, small child, that's a choice. 
based on the first Venom movie and knowing the themes that are in it with how willingly brutal they at least make Venom seem without really showing like the gore of things, but they do make him seem kind of brutal. So I was like, small child, interesting choice. And I will say as the movie went on, I did kind of peek over at small child and probably about halfway through the movie, they got up and left. I'm not That's sure if it was because he was not enjoying it or if they thought the movie was bad or if the kid was like scared or whatever, but they did not stay through the whole movie. So I'm assuming it was because child was small. So I thought overall that my crowd was pretty decent though. No one was really disruptive. Even they were very quiet when they left. It wasn't like they had to pass in front of me. So that didn't bother me. So I like noticed them leave, but I was still pretty focused on the movie. And I agree. This movie is in no way a like great movie, but it's fun. It is fun, and it's dark, and it's kind of creepy at times, but it's fun, and I enjoyed it, and why don't we get a little more in-depth with our reasons why we enjoyed it so much? So, I thought they improved the writing, they improved the budget, and they improved the visuals of everything from the first movie. So, like, it was still awkwardly written, it was still badly written, but I think they were aware of that tone, because the first movie took itself way too seriously. This movie just kind of throws that out the window and goes, you know what? This is absurd. We're going to be absurd. Yes, that's fair. And it was definitely absurd. And then the visual budget went up. For instance, when Carnage and Venom fight, you can tell who's fighting who. You can tell what's happening, kind of. Yeah, no, you definitely can. (laughs) I agree with that. Let's just start at the beginning. Yeah, probably be good to just go through this Let's just start right at the beginning. We don't start (laughs) this movie present day. We start this movie in 1996, and we are at Mm -hmm. a reform school called St. Estes. And we get to see these two kids that are in their Mm -hmm. own separate rooms, and they are apparently in love. That's what we learn. One of them is named Cletus Cassidy, and he grows up to be a serial killer, which we will talk about a little bit more later. The other one's name is Frances Barrison. And she has superpowers. And she has superpowers. Well, th- th- she has a really loud voice. And she gets taken away. I think you're leaving out the fact that it is done in the most over-the-top, dramatic fashion possible. Yes, it is. And 100%. it's amazing. This whole movie, though, is going to be over-the-top and dramatic, so... One of my notes, when, when they take her away, and they're in the car, and she shrieks at the cop to escape and gets shot, my note says, already over-the-top goodness... Yes. And then we cut forward in time and we realize that she did live. She's not dead. I just wrote, what a creepy opening. And then we get to our first scene with Eddie Brock. And I love this scene. I love that this is the start of the movie. I really do. I think it's really funny. It's just Eddie and he's talking to a detective at the police precinct. But then there's Venom just talking in his head. So Eddie goes into the women's bathroom, nonetheless. Not the men's bathroom, but the women's bathroom. He's like, just give me a second. I need to go in here. And he and Venom just start arguing. And they don't wait at all to bring out Venom CG head. And I think that that's awesome. Yep. That they just incorporate it right away. The amount of dialogue between Eddie and Venom increases so much in this movie from the first movie. And I think they do a really good job utilizing that in this movie to kind of give Venom a personality. Well, not only that, but they almost treat their dynamic in the sense that, like, I, I forget where I heard someone say this, where Venom 2018 is a 90s action co- buddy cop comedy. Mm-hmm. This is an early 2000s to late, like maybe like 2008, 2009-ish rom-com action film. You know, that's kind of fair it, it, too. I wouldn't disagree with that, yeah. Awkwardly bad and filled with all of the terrible tropes that you'd expect, but in like a very knowing fun way. Yeah, and I love it. So that happens in the police precinct. Precinct. Wow, I can't talk. Precinct. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I know words. It's fine. Yeah. So that happens. Then we go to another scene where we get to really meet Cletus Cassidy. And of course, in this first scene with the man who becomes Carnage, spoiler, he uses the cliche phrase, so much Carnage. And I'm like, well, all right. If that's not <laughs> foreshadowing, I don't know what is. Um, I, my, my only wish, and we talked about it last time, but I take it back. I wish that they kept the terrible wig. Really? Yep. For as over the top and not taking itself seriously as this movie is, I was really hoping that they would keep the terrible, awful goodness that was that wig. See, I disagree with that because at least now he has hair instead of he's wear. Oh, he's wearing a wig. You're like, oh, 
That's hair. That's true. Yeah, you know what? It might have been distracting. You're right. Yeah, I would have been, been like, wow, they really didn't try <laughs> at all with this movie. Because they did try with this movie. They put a lot into it. So using the small part of the budget that it took to, you know, give Woody Harrelson a good wig and or a haircut, I don't know. It made it believable. So that was good. But the so much carnage line, I was like, all right, thank you writing for throwing that in there. I initially thought that this was going to be the scene from the trailer. And I thought Carnage was going to happen a lot sooner in the movie, and it was going to be a lot more in-depth with Carnage in this movie versus this being a scene before we actually meet Carnage. Um, yeah, me too. So That was one thing, and we'll, we'll definitely uh, probably touch on it again later, but I was surprised by how little Carnage is actually in this movie compared to what I was expecting going into it. Yeah, exactly. And knowing that he comes back to this cell because of the trailer, I was like, well, we'll be back after they left. I was like, all right, great what's next we'll be there again soon but what's next and what's next is a really cool scene to me so they're in eddie's apartment <laughs> i just wrote the the line that venom says about getting a brain freeze because eddie's like we'll get ice cream it just cracked me up i was like wow venom the symbiote can get a brain freeze that's silly to me yeah this movie asks a lot more questions than it answers when it comes to all that but i, I did totally the tagline for this i did like in that scene the use of venom's ability to control eddie's body to draw the drawings that were on cassidy's walls um i thought that that was actually kind of cool it was like since since when does venom have a photographic memory granted i don't know the comics i don't i don't either i don't either but it made me think of irobot when sunny's drawing out the the dream that he had Yeah, yeah yeah but like i'm here for it i'm cool with that i thought it was pretty cool just the effect of it and like yes it was obviously very sped up movement but that's kind of the point because like venom has that ability to do whatever he wants to eddie's body and i thought it was pretty cool it, it, it was definitely a moment of oh this is what the movie's gonna be like yes you know what okay fine yeah go all out let's let's have fun with it yeah yeah and so then they use those drawings and use them to find the bodies that cassidy buried that were his his victims and i think that that's kind of smart because otherwise cassidy has no reason to you know hate eddie brock specifically in this movie so they do that to make him hate eddie brock and if anything he seemed to kind of enjoy being around eddie oh yeah no exactly you know send this message send this message to my girlfriend also Mm -hmm. eddie you're pretty cool yeah sweet yeah. Uh, I, I like that after that, Eddie is back on top, and being back on top means getting a new bike. You know, yeah. get on him. Of course, get a new bike. But he keeps the same apartment. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, San Francisco apartment probably doesn't cost, I mean, probably costs a lot anyway, so might as well keep it. He got a big TV, though. Then they, they, they start arguing a little bit. They're just fighting because Venom really wants to eat a person, and Eddie's like, no, eat the chickens, and Venom's like, I can't eat the chickens. They're best friends. <laughs> and I thought that that was really funny. Yep. Venom enjoys having a pet. Yeah. Or two pets in this mm-hmm. case. I did think that after that scene when they are walking outside and Venom is kind of like in control of Eddie's body and he's in his Venom form, that when he goes and tries to stop that purse snatcher and almost eats his head, he doesn't. Oh, I thought he was, I thought he was dead. I thought so too. I was like, wow, Venom's got control. That's kind of impressive and very unexpected for him. But... After that scene, we go to a dinner with Anne because Anne's like, Eddie, I want to talk to you. I have something I really want to talk to you about in person. And so Venom's like, this is it. We're going to get her back. And he's like, dude, I don't know. But here we go. Dinner. Woo. And I realized, especially in this scene, how much Venom really likes Anne. Oh, Venom loves Anne. <laughs> and it blows my mind. Eddie's like trying to like move on. And Venom's like, no, nah, we can't move on. It's Anne. <laughs> She's perfect. And then we find out Dan proposed. So they're engaged. Mm-hmm. Anne and Dan are engaged. Also in this scene, Venom is constantly talking to Eddie. And Eddie's like, shut up, dude. You're not supposed to be alive in Anne's eyes. And man, does it take Anne like two seconds to figure out that Venom's in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, she's like either really good at this or this movie is just trying to move things along. You know, I, I'd, I'd like to say that it was Anne. Yeah. For as fast-paced as the movie is, I think it was very easy, especially the fact that Eddie is talking and then going like this, moving around like this, and then going back to the conversation. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, 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 I lean more on the Anne probably to do that's that. That's true. That's very, very true. So they have dinner. They're sad. They go back to the apartment. They're chatting. I thought that Venom was very, like, two-sided in his ways of speaking 
because he had some very deep, profound thoughts in this movie. But he was also a toddler in this movie. He, he was, was trying. Both. I, he was definitely trying to cheer up Eddie. That 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 was definitely him trying to do that. And one of the things that he recommends is going bowling. Venom likes bowling. Who knew? Also, <laughs> some of the stuff that Venom says, I have an idea on it as to why it's so awkwardly written. Okay. I think it's because he's an alien, and he's going through Eddie's brain, finding words and going, I think this is what this word is used for. Okay. So I think that's why Venom speaks so weird. And I'm all for it. But if I had to like put like a reason as to why, I think it's because he's an alien trying to use slang and not quite getting it. Hey, I like that thought. It makes it feel a little better. And then Eddie gets a postcard in the mail from Cletus Cassidy. Mm-hmm. And it's written very strangely, as you know, a serial killer would write a postcard. But it's inviting him to his execution, which I feel like is kind of weird. Then again, Cassidy doesn't really have any friends, so I guess it makes a little bit of sense. What I found more weird is how obligated Eddie felt about going to his execution. That one felt weird to me. Venom was like, why would you do that? Don't go. And I agree with Venom. Don't go to a serial killer's execution that you have talked to once. There's no reason for it. (laughs) And I get it. Like, I know Eddie's going to try and, like, find out more information about where other bodies might be or more of his motives or anything like that from the serial killer's mind before he is dead. But still, the guy invited you. Yeah, it was definitely a little bit weird. Yeah. But definitely something worth going to. You know, like, like kind of one of those, like, invited to, like, a baby shower kind of thing. Or, like, you know, you, some kid's birthday that, like, you don't know. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. fine, I, I guess I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. It's like, it's just an obligation. Like, all right, sure. Yep. My next note that I wrote was really cool. I don't know why <laughs> I wrote really cool. I have no idea, but something in this moment, either before the next scene in Cassidy's cell or in this scene that we just talked about, something was really cool to me, and I don't know what it was, but it was something. Sorry, so, I, hey. I have a similar kind of note. I have the humor is so bad, it's amazing. I have no idea what I was writing that about, <laughs> but it kind of goes as a whole. This is, this is yeah. by no means a good movie, a fun movie, but not good. But not, like, terrible either. No, not terrible. Still better than most DC movies, I would say. It is way more enjoyable. It's just not good. <laughs> no, it's... it's. Listen, I'm taking it, it is, and we're, we're good. It is trash, and I love it. I wouldn't go so far to call it trash, but sure. We'll Maybe go with like it. like polished trash. It's like recycled garbage. So We then, we we get, then get to... the scene where Cletus is talking to Eddie and is like, Hey, man, you killed me. That's not cool. And then yep. Cletus and Eddie are talking, and then Cletus starts to say more poetry, talking about, you know, what he wants because he's, you know, trying to talk to his girlfriend a little bit more. And I think Cletus thinks he's going to die. Like, I, th- I think this is him trying to say his goodbye to his uh, girlfriend to be like, hey, I did want to marry you. And uh, Eddie, you're, uh, you're weird. And yeah, you got me killed. But you know what? I consider you a friend. As much as a serial killer can consider someone a friend. And then Eddie says some stuff and Cletus gets mad and starts mocking Eddie and yelling at him a little bit. And Venom decides to attack and throw him around a little bit. And how does that security guard standing behind Eddie not see anything? Or is he not in the room? Or is he blocked by Eddie? So there 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 were a couple moments in this movie where they made it seem like people couldn't see Venom when he was coming out of Eddie. And I don't know when people could see Venom and when they couldn't in those moments. Because, like, there were times when, like, Venom would, like, reach out and do something. Or, like, a little part of him would come out of, like, Eddie's body. But, like, it was around people and they didn't see it. So I don't know if this was one of those moments. Okay. I'm not sure. Because they didn't really clarify that. And that's not something I noticed in the first movie. That's something I noticed in this one, though. And I was like, can they not see that? Like, what is happening? I think it's definitely happening. Like, it's not a telepathic thing. No, I know, but if it's like a, yeah, no, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a telepathic thing. I think it's, it, it could have easily been Eddie's body block being able to see Venom, but it was weird okay. that Venom chose to be like, you know, I don't care about not being seen. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna attack this guy. Well, yeah, and that was Cassidy just egging him on because you know you're not supposed to go past the yellow line to get close to him, and Venom made that happen anyway. So then Eddie's right there up against the bars, and what does Cassidy do? But he bites him. Just kind of has a little bit of payback or something. 
and this is when everything goes downhill. Yeah, I, one of my notes is Cletus was very taken back. Like, uh, Eddie, what's what's wrong with your blood? Yeah, so, really, he was. Wrong. He was like, he was like, this is not normal blood. But not um, like, oh, this isn't normal blood. Like, he wasn't like excited about it. He was. I know. He seemed yeah. genuinely concerned for Eddie. Which I will say is a different tone than I thought it was going to take based on how they made it look in the trailer of the movie. I thought yeah. he was like, oh, this is not blood. Well, I, I was thinking that going into it that Cletus somehow knew that Eddie was Venom. Okay. That's what I, I thought that Cletus had figured it out and was like, oh, I wonder if I get a bite on this guy. So you know? I went into this movie not knowing the origin story of Carnage oh, like same. at all. So I thought that Cassidy had either had carnage inside him already and they were going to explain how that happened since there was only like the four symbiotes brought back in the first movie so either carnage was already here from something else or some other reason behind that and i'll get into a little bit more detail on the origin story of carnage then because i did some research on it some well i comic research not that i didn't know anything i knew that eddie and cletus were cellmates but anything beyond that i didn't know Okay, cool. But I'll get into a little bit more detail on that because I did do some like legit research on it. And it's we'll talk about it a little bit later. So we'll get there. But anyway, he bites Eddie's hand. Eddie bleeds on him. Mm-hmm. And then Eddie gets kicked out of the prison because essentially there was a scuffle, if you will, between <laughs> Cassidy and Eddie. So Cassidy takes the blood off of his face, looks at it on his finger, and we see little movements from a little tiny, what looks like a little symbiotic thing and he decides to you know eat it because why wouldn't you do that with some weird gooey moving thing on your finger he's a serial killer it's what they do okay it's It's woody harrelson you never know yeah (laughs) so when i say things went downhill this is really what i'm talking about i'm talking about venom and eddie because eddie is very unhappy eddie's like how could you do that venom and venom's like i'm sorry i didn't mean to do it it just kind of happened eddie's like we're gonna fight and so cg fight between eddie and essentially himself but eddie and venom there's a um, trailer there's a scene from the trailer that is in the movie where venom headbutts eddie yeah it breaks his nose oh sorry let me fix that fixes it so i can break it again and smashes his face again funny funny so funny, funny funny the entire theater for as little as people as there were that was probably the most amount of laughter from the whole movie. Yeah, no, it was very funny. And I had seen that in the trailer, the number of times I had seen the trailer, and it was still funny in context as well. I think it was funnier in context because they were like actually angry, angry at each other, like more so than I think I was expecting. So they fight, Venom throws Eddie's TV out the window, and then that's it, it's over. So Venom leaves Eddie, which I Steals the homeless by. guy. I was shocked. Bike to pieces. I did not expect oh. that to happen at all. Yeah, so watching a, watching another of them breaking up and being like, oh, we can't be together, we're breaking up, was definitely a bigger part of the movie than I was expecting. I was expecting it a little bit. Okay. Like, especially with how the Cletus scene went down, I was like, oh, they're going to argue, Venom's going to run off, or they're, they're going to have some sort of disagreement, and they're going to be like uh, Hulk and Banner, and be like, yeah. no, we're not playing together. I wasn't expecting it to be as major of a plot point as it was in this movie. Yeah. I thought when they were going to fight, maybe like Venom would like shut himself off from Eddie, but not like actually leave his body. I thought maybe yeah. he'd be like, I'm just going to give him the silent treatment. He's on his own. But that's not what happened. And I was like, or Whoa. like, or like completely take over and be like, nope, I'm driving. Yeah, exactly. So that just surprised me. And so now there's a lot of back and forth in the scenes between scenes of Venom slash Eddie and scenes of Cassidy um, and his growth into Carnage. What happens next is we go back to the jail, and now we are seeing the execution of Cletus Cassidy. So he's strapped in this chair, and there's all these injection tubes, and they're ready to go into him, and they start these tubes up. The first one goes in, no problem. The second set starts to go in, but then it gets stopped by what just looks like, in that moment, blood. But we all know, because he ate this little gooey thing off his finger that that's probably not just blood and then carnage kind of takes over cletus cassidy's body and literally destroys everything and we go back into the style of like b film b horror film monster goodness from the first venom yeah and like carnage was scary holy crap yeah i (laughs) my note specifically says carnage goes on a rampage and destroys literally everything and kills so many people so easily absolutely terrifying 
I was like, they have no regard for life. <laughs> I have two notes from from that scene. It's Carnage is horrifying, mm-hmm. and he travels like Taz. Yes, my notes are. Um, <laughs> I didn't think Carnage was going to eat the first head of the movie, but Carnage eats the first head of the movie. He does. He creates a tornado. <laughs> Hence, Taz. <laughs> the tongue eating a person's insides kind of grossed me out, but I knew yeah, it was coming and, and, because and, that and, was in and the trailer. according to the internet, there are people that enjoy that a little too much, and frankly, that is a corner of the internet I am glad that I don't go on. I did not know about it, so clearly I am me. avoiding that part of the internet, and I'm proud of myself. <laughs> I, there was I another note. From, I heard it from one person who said, yeah, there's a whole bunch, and I was like, nope, I don't care to Mm-mm. know more. I'm nope. Good. Thanks. There was another note that I had that I could not read, but I'm assuming it had something to do with Carnage. Okay. So that's all I got. I said, oh, well, whatever, I can't read it. But overall, (laughs) that entire scene of him escaping that prison was terrifying. So destructive, and I thought it was so cool how destructive they made that to really exemplify how powerful Carnage is. It was definitely really violent. And I'm going to say the same thing I said last time. Superhero movies, like the Marvel movies, don't need to be rated R. Like, yeah, you could show the grotesque violence, but it wouldn't really add anything to the story. It would just be violence for violence sake. Yep. Whereas I feel like in these Venom movies, and now especially the second one, I wish it was rated R. I wish it had that visceral, really intense graphic violence to it. Yeah, I think, especially with the amount of time they allotted for this movie because it is fast-paced and it's only 97 total minutes with credits, that the fact that it's not showing all of that does help keep it a little more fast-paced. Oh, they, 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 they hide it, it for sure. Yeah. Like, But even if it was just a quick little background thing, like a guy being thrown up against a wall, and instead of him just hitting the wall and slumping down, watching him explode against the wall and then cutting to something else would have made Carnage eat that much scarier. Sure, yeah, I think they're intent to just reach an audience oh they, they were audience definitely aiming for that goal. pg-13 so, goal yeah but they were definitely pushing the r rating a couple of times oh yeah definitely with the, especially with this prison scene where he's just ripping up metal tables and throwing them through groups of people yep yeah definitely after this scene we're back in eddie's apartment he's watching the news he finds out that cletus cassidy's escaped oh not, and... not only is he watching the news i have a note that i want to say real quick he's cleaning he cleaned up his apartment he did and that's you know true. what that that mess was giving me anxiety, so I'm glad he cleaned it up. <laughs> it's probably giving him anxiety, too, so... Probably, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he cleans his apartment, he gets a brand new, big old TV, then he calls Detective Man, that I don't remember the name of, and I could look it up, but I'm too lazy, and he calls him, and Detective doesn't answer. Uh, Mulligan. Mulligan, Detective yes, Mulligan. there you go. Yep. Uh, Mulligan doesn't answer, but then he gets a knock on the door, and lo and behold, it's Detective Mulligan. And Detective Mulligan is like, Eddie... This just happened. He's like, yeah, I know. I saw it on the news. He's like, are you involved? Essentially, I'm paraphrasing a lot, but he's like, are you involved? Because anytime (laughs) anything like this happens, you're around it. Like you were just there. This happened. The things that happened two years ago or whenever it is in context of this movie, you were there. You were the only one there. This all happened. What the heck? And I don't remember exactly why I felt this way after this scene, but just the air of it and the mood that it made me feel it made me like very weary of detective mulligan it made me like is he a bad guy i was like i don't like him that's the note i wrote i was like it made me really not like the detective just there's one other thing about carnage and the venom comics that i know based off of what i've heard other friends talk about but we'll, we'll get there and it does actually have to do with mulligan it took me until this moment in the movie though to realize that he was the officer at the very beginning who shot shriek it took me until I think a little bit later to realize that, honestly, until literally probably until he said, that's not possible. She's dead. And basically is he physically said I killed her and I did not realize it until yeah. <laughs> then, which I can't believe I gotcha. did because they leave the subtle hints. I think they did a good job of leaving those subtle hints without really making it obvious that he's the one who did that. I think they made it so that for as not serious as this movie takes itself and for as fun as as the movie is, it gives you those details to to piece it together if you're looking for them. Yes. So back to Venom, because the next scene is 
basically just all on Venom. It's a short yep. little scene, but Venom's mm-hmm. just going body to body because none of them are compatible with him enough to last very long. So he's literally just killing a bunch of people because he doesn't want to be around Eddie. And that mm-hmm. takes a very different turn from where we were earlier in the movie where he refused to bite a guy's head off because Eddie was like, please don't do this. And so he stopped himself. But now Eddie's not there to be his moral conscience. So Venom's back to being symbiotic. I'm going to just let people die. But in this scene, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie happens. And it's Venom saying, I am out of the Eddie closet. Yeah, I just uh, what thought I it was so Venom funny. Venom is all-inclusive. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> Venom is an all-inclusive symbiote. He he doesn't judge. No. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny how he said that. Then there's another little scene, because it is very back and forth, like I said, between Cassidy and Venom. Um, Carnage and Cassidy steal a car. It's mm-hmm. a nice car. It's apparently Francis's favorite car, which we learn later, but they steal this car, and then they're driving this car, and... They just casually throw a truck off a bridge just because. Not that the truck's in their way. They're just like, truck, gone. I'm like, wow, all right, perfect. Yeah, they're a good match for each other, aren't they? They are. They are a good match for each other. And you know what? This is the moment where, kind of like how with Eddie in the hospital, and he has that moment where it's like, oh, I'm not crazy. There's an alien living inside of me. This is the moment where, if I was Cletus Cassidy, I would go, oh, I didn't die on that on that table. This is all actually happening. This is real. Yeah, I mean, that's it fair. Would, it would make sense for him to just kind of go with it anyway, just to be like, all right, this is what my consciousness is doing. Cool. This is the story that I'm going with. All right, superpowers. Let's go. Yeah. But at this point, I would go, oh, I didn't die then. Mm-hmm. Huh. Superpowers. Cool. Yeah, really. I also really loved Venom's speech that he gave at a rave where everyone was like, I love your costume. And he was like, thank you. But I just loved his speech. He just stopped the music. He was yeah, like, that, that's what I mean. He's super all yeah. inclusive. Very yeah. inclusive. And it was awesome. <laughs> but then after he gives that speech, he like goes into a little alley by himself and he's very sad. He's like, man, I miss Eddie. And I thought that was like interesting that like even though they fought, he really still genuinely cares about him and does miss him a little bit, but not enough that he's going to go back to him because they're angry so instead we go with eddie to saint estes to do some research on cletus cassidy because he found out that that's where he was for a long time based on the drawings that venom drew earlier in the movie so he gets there and he sees a tree and in this tree are the letters ck plus fb i almost said phoebe but vb is just a name um ck plus fb and it's in a heart phoebe from friends in this movie would be kind of amazing though wouldn't it that'd be different that'd be real different (laughs) so he sees this he calls detective mulligan up and he asks him about it and says that francis fb or shriek is dead because he killed her and i put it together finally that that's why he's deaf in one ear because that happens at the beginning of the movie and i was like oh it's the same guy it took me until that <laughs> moment because i'm dumb to realize on, on a, that on a that's side him. note on a side note how unfortunate to have the last name mulligan yep like that's i'm sorry dude yeah yeah it happens but little does he know she is not dead She's been being held in a place called Ravencroft. Which sounds very illegal. Yes. So we cut to Ravencroft (laughs) in that moment. And in this next scene is another scene where we get to see the terror that Carnage Hen caused because they break Francis out of this facility very easily. Oh, yeah. One of my notes is, wow, that was really fast. Yeah, I said it was almost too easy. I was like, they did not let this happen. They just did it. I was like, all right. <laughs> and and that's what I mean. Like, there are moments like this where I wish that there was more time devoted to it. Like, maybe slow it down a little bit. Let me watch this break in. Let me watch this, the, the struggle of trying to do this. But no, just shreds right through it. Yeah. So that breakout happens. And during that breakout, we see Shriek use her shriek and it very badly affects carnage yeah Um, carnage is not a fan no carnage threatens to either rip eat or tear her face off i don't remember which uh which um verb he uses but it's one of those three and he's like i will do this to your face if you ever do that again and i was like oh this is gonna cause some problems yeah (laughs) i was like great carnage is just mad that being said though i like how carnage was all for it like yeah you want girlfriend back all right cool and uh she's kind of into the the tentacle arms that are coming out of Eddie, and it's like, you know what? You out of Cassidy? It. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, is. You, you enjoy that. Good good yeah. for you. All right, Francis, sure. <laughs> whatever you want, man. I don't know. Or whatever you want, girl. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so after that scene, basically what happens is Eddie's like, and you were right. I don't have Venom. Venom's gone. Um, <laughs> yeah, because he, he's brought in by Mulligan, and Mulligan's finally like, you know what? You're arrested. This is, we're figuring this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I forgot that he was arrested. That's true. So that's why Anne's there, because Anne's a lawyer. And Eddie's like, all right, you were right. Venom's back. But he's not here. I don't have him. 
You need to find him and bring him to me. So Anne's like, uh, okay. And she goes back to Dan. And let me just say, this first scene that we see Dan, like actually see Dan, he is way less chill than he was in the first movie. And I'm like, Dan, what happened? <laughs> I, You know what? I was thinking about that. So I feel like in the first movie, Dan was just kind of reacting. Like he didn't have time to process anything that was happening. He was just like, all right, this is the situation. This is what I'm dealing with. That's an alien thing. What are we going to do about it? Yep. And in this movie, it's definitely, hey, I thought we were done dealing with aliens. I thought yeah. that, that was like a one-time thing. Yeah, he's like, this is not what I signed on for. <laughs> I think as the movie goes on, he gets a little more comfortable again because he's like yeah. reinserting himself into alien mindset. But at the beginning, he's just like, ah, why? <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> um, I so, think that sums it up pretty well, yeah. But then Anne and Dan, they go to Mrs. Chen's store. And I love Mrs. Chen. I, I was really so do. glad that Mrs. Chen was back. There's, yeah. I have a note, literally, I'm so glad Chen is back. Yeah. No, me too. Anne's looking for Venom there because the chocolate order. If it's there, Venom needs the chocolate because that's one of the that has one of the chemicals that Venom needs to survive. They very briefly touch on that, so I don't remember the details of it, but like it's chocolate I... and brains that have this chemical. So Anne's like, Mrs. Chen, where's Venom? Is he here for the chocolate? And Mrs. Chen's like, what? And then we come to realize Mrs. Chen is Venom. And I think that that's so funny. I oh, thought Mrs. It... Chen as Venom was hilarious. <laughs> and it took... Uh... You know, Venom did not want to go. And all it took was just some light flirting from Anne to be like, hey, hey, Venom, hello. Um, I don't know if I would say it was light flirting. No, it was not light It was flirting. very seductive flirting. And I re- my note says, Anne seducing Venom in this scene with Dan behind her is hilarious, but also super creepy. And then I also wrote, poor Dan. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? Lady Venom was not something I was expecting to see again. I wasn't either. But Anne as Venom, Lady Venom is way more attractive to me than I feel like she should be. Yeah, and that's I kinda not okay. hate it. That's but, not okay. But, but Colin, am I wrong? I'm saying I'm saying it's not okay, not that's not okay. Okay, so you're we're on the same page here. <laughs> it's not okay. No, but it is what it is. It's not okay. I was like, why am I attracted to this right now? I shouldn't be. Yep, no, it's not weird. Okay. <laughs> nope. I'm glad we agree. It's fine. (laughs) It makes me feel a little more justified. So Anne is relaying Venom's thoughts to Eddie because Eddie and Anne, they meet up and Mm -hmm. Eddie's like, all right, you have Venom. Venom, I need you. And Venom's relaying his thoughts through Anne to Eddie. And Anne's just like, he's not, he's not gonna, you need to apologize. And so Eddie, I I couldn't tell if Eddie was being sincere or not. I think for the most part, no, he was saying what he knew Venom wanted to hear. And at first Mm -hmm. he was doing a bad job of it. But then he was like, all right, I actually need to try. And I think by the end, maybe he meant some of it. But also it was mostly Venom's fault that all of this is happening. So Eddie still kind of, I think, feels in the right. Yeah, their relationship is definitely not uh, healthy. Yeah, but necessary. I, I feel like it gets better. It's getting better. It's in the first better. movie, in the first movie, it was definitely abusive. This movie, it was only borderline abusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A little better. Yeah. But after the long, long, profuse apology that Eddie gives to Venom, Venom eventually agrees to join with Eddie again. And then Anne and Dan get back in their car, and they're about to leave because they're done with this. Dan's like, we're done. We're out. No more aliens for us. And Eddie's like, hey, guys, I'm actually kind of happy for you. And Venom's like, I'm going to throat chop Dan because I'm (laughs) mad at it. (laughs) And I think that throat chop is also one of the funnier moments of the movie that is in the trailer. But again, in this moment, I laughed out loud at it because I just think it's so funny. So we're like, okay, Anne and Dan, they're done for a little bit. And Venom and Eddie are going to go try and find Cassidy. And then Cassidy, Shriek, and Carnage are all... I want to say they're at Ravencroft. Is that where they are for this? No, 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 no. So they're at some just giant cathedral. Well, I mean, before the cathedral, because this is when they're like, let's get married and we're going to have these three guests and it's going to be the detective. It's going to be Eddie and it's going to be Carnage. I mean, it's going to be Venom. That's when they're they're leaving Ravencroft. Okay. That's what I thought because it looked like they were outside of that tree. They had, was it? I don't know. The setting of it doesn't really matter. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's when they're at Shady Brook or whatever the... That's, that's when they're at whatever the bad orphanage place is. Oh, St. Estes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or... Because they went there and they destroyed it. Yes, that is where they down. are. And they're like, At least let's I get think. married. I don't know. It's close enough. But anyway, they're like, let's get married and we're going to have these three guests. So let's go get them. And they very, very quickly capture the detective. That doesn't take any effort on Cassidy's part at all. I mean, his um, last name is Mulligan, so... Yes. They also 
pretty quickly get Anne because they capture Dan first because Dan is kind of a helpless doctor. And then they're like, we'll let Dan go free, but only if you come with us. And they essentially just capture Anne. And they're like, Eddie, we have Anne. I was so worried for Dan. I thought he was going to die. And I was very upset. Yeah, I was worried too. Because part of my brain was like, are they going to kill off Dan? And then Anne's going to be like, oh, Eddie. I was hoping that wasn't going to happen. And I'm glad it didn't. But anyway, they have Anne. They have the detective. Eddie and Venom are like, all right, we got to go save Anne and also stop Cassidy. So they all get to this cathedral. And this is just the music nerd in me. The music that they played at the beginning of this cathedral scene is Lacrimosa from Mozart's Requiem. And I thought it fit so perfectly. And I loved every second of it. I was like, I know this song. I know this song. It's so cool. (laughs) And it was so spooky and creepy, but also like, it's a beautiful song. I just think it's such a pretty piece of music. It's the instrumental version because it is, there is normally words latin words but words and they did not include those but i thought it was just really cool that that was in there i was like i can geek out about this and i think colin will appreciate that even though he doesn't really know what i'm talking about so that's cool all right (laughs) tangent done i did not really get until eddie and venom get to the cathedral that carnage was like venom's offspring slash son child thing oh see Um, i got that right right from the bite mark when you saw him like with the blood tendrils coming up i was like yeah that's i mean like i kind of did but i didn't really think of it i think as a child until carnage was like father and then i was like (laughs) oh i guess that is kind of what that relationship is and real quick who lit the candles because when 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 they're getting married you know they're surrounded by uh they have the pastor guy they have the box full and pastor guy they have the box full of Anne. They have the detective guy all tied up behind the altar. But there's just a whole lot of candles all lit around this cathedral that's under refurbishment. So that means at some point they had to kidnap a pastor and then either help them or watch them light a whole bunch of candles. You know, I don't know. I don't know who lit the candles. <laughs> but whenever we're in like creepy scenes and there's candles, there's always a lot of them. And I'm like, no one took the time to light this many candles in real life. It's too many, <laughs> but it's fine. It's all good. So this is where I did my research on Carnage and kind of the origin of Carnage. So in the movie, Venom, when he sees Carnage, he gets afraid and says, that is a red one, which is also in the trailer. I thought based on the trailer, they were going to go into more depth on that and explain kind of why that matters. They didn't. They basically just pointed out that Carnage is stronger than Venom and that he is red. So I did my research kind of understanding why is carnage red and why is carnage stronger than venom and i'm just going to read what i read from this article because it'll be easier so this article says eddie brock once shared a prison cell with cletus cassidy which you mentioned earlier but when brock's symbiote returned and reattached to him it managed to leave its spawn in the cell with cletus cassidy and the spawn of the venom symbiote then attached itself to cassidy through his bloodstream hence the red color because it was through blood So that's why Carnage is the color red, because I was like, why does red matter? And really, it doesn't, because symbiotes can camouflage themselves, so they can be whatever color they want, really, is kind of how it works based on what I was looking up online. But he is red because he formed in the original comics through Cassidy's bloodstream, which doesn't happen in this movie, but they keep the red because Carnage is red. So I think that's why they kept the red. And he did come out of Eddie's blood, so I guess it kind of still makes sense. Yeah, that fits. Um, The reason Carnage is stronger than Venom is because he is Venom's offspring. So when symbiotes like leave their spawn, it's like evolution. So the evolution of Venom is Carnage essentially. And that makes him stronger than Venom would be. And that's really like all that I found out. The fact that Carnage's host is Cletus Cassidy also plays a role in the fact that he is more just brutally physically stronger because they both have no regard for life so they don't care, so they can just not be restrained by the morals that Eddie Brock holds Venom to. So that also kind of makes them a little bit stronger. I just thought it was interesting, which is why I wanted to throw that in there, because the movie doesn't really talk about it. And those were just questions I had after watching it, because I did not know about Carnage. I knew he was a thing, because I had watched, like, Spider-Man TV shows, and I was like, oh, Carnage exists, and he's big and spooky and has, like, these weird tentacle things, and Venom doesn't, but why is he so strong? So I wanted to look that up. The difference is Venom's had time on Earth and has time to like learn just Earth things and become more intelligent and experienced than Carnage is because Carnage is essentially a newborn baby if you think about it. So he doesn't have that experience. So he and Eddie together 
kind of outsmart Carnage. And we kind of see that in this battle that we're going to talk about now, because that's what happens next, is big fight time. Yeah, and with how fast this movie is, I didn't realize that we were at the ending fight already. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And final fight. That's fair. That being said, this movie, again, it's not good, but it's a ton of fun to watch. And this fight is really fun to watch. And I think on a rewatch of this movie, this will be a really good like party movie, like uh, sit around with a whole bunch of people just laughing and enjoying. Oh, for sure. I agree with that. Just a few things I thought about this fight. I think that they incorporated Dan well in this fight. I think that him <laughs> using fire because they mentioned in a line earlier that fire and sound is what affects a symbiote. So they use yep. Dan uses fire. He's like, fire, here we go. Dumps fire and car. Yeah, he full on like pours gasoline on the guy. Yeah. And it surprised me a lot that that didn't do more damage to Carnage than it did. Yeah. Also uh, in my research wh- on Carnage, mm-hmm. one thing that I learned is that Yes, fire and sound are effective on all symbiotes. But one thing that I read was that sound is more effective on Venom than fire is. Mm. And for Carnage, it's the opposite. So fire should be more effective than sound is, which I don't think that they used that knowledge in this movie. They just kind of went with fire and sound, bad. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Like we said, not a great movie. And uh, I think they didn't with, need to get all the, the facts right. And, and with the 90-minute time frame that they were going for, I think that's yes. perfectly fine. Oh, yeah, I agree. Again, just little tidbits of knowledge that I I would learned. love to see what a director's cut of this movie looked like. Like, I, I wonder if there is more movie and more scenes that were cut to yeah. give it that short run time. And I wonder what a longer director's cut would look like. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting to see. I, I, I really have a also... note that says uh, Dan should wear a helmet because at one point he's just standing there and is like, Venom, get up. Because, you know, every action movie, even like the first one, needs to have that scene where the hero goes, okay, I'll keep fighting. Yep. And there's just debris falling. And Dan's just standing there with these giant chunks of concrete landing and smashing next to him. It's just like, well, this is a safe spot to be. Yeah, you're right. Every movie like this does have that big hero be like, all right, I need the willpower to actually keep going because I should be dead, but willpower will save me. But I like that Eddie and Venom have this conversation. This is almost like where they like finally figure it out. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right, we're done fighting. We're better together. And earlier in the movie, Venom's trying to get Eddie to be on board with this, like, superhero tandem name that they have. And it's Lethal Protector. <laughs> and I think it's the funniest thing. And this is the moment when Eddie's like, all right, we are this. And they say together, they're like, together we are Lethal Protector. And that's how they get their willpower to get up. <laughs> but not and only it's that. It's so stupid, I, but it's so funny. <laughs> I feel like that was also uh, Venom expecting something else but being like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna say lethal protector because this is how i want to be known and then is surprised and excited when when eddie says it too like oh oh you said it too oh this is fantastic well the lethal part of that really is in venom's favor because that means he can kill people and it's not a big deal because they're a lethal protector right (laughs) i'm like hey nice name choice i feel like this i feel like the fight also lasts a lot longer than i thought it would given how fast-paced the rest of the movie was and I'm very glad that it was. It's If it had been shorter, it would have felt too fast-paced. And again, I feel like I wouldn't have been able mm-hmm. to enjoy it. And yes. I wish that other bits of the movie I had slowed down to be able to truly enjoy them. But this scene specifically, the length that they gave it was great. Yeah. I've gone, so kind of on what you just said, I've gone back and forth in my mind on if I like the first Venom more or this movie more. But one thing about this movie that I do like more is this fight scene versus the fight scene between Venom and Riot. Because I think the fight scene between Venom and Riot was too fast and it ended too quickly. And I yes. think this one took the time that it deserved to really show the extent of damage that each of them can do. Oh, absolutely. And I think that the cliche use of the title in the movie by Carnage saying, let yeah. there be Carnage, <laughs> was a little unnecessary. <laughs> I was but all for it. I it really plays into it. the tropish campiness that this movie was going for. So it's yep. fine. Then the end of the fight, mm-hmm. when Cassidy is on the ground, essentially dead, and Carnage gets reabsorbed by Venom, and he walks over to Cassidy. He doesn't get reabsorbed. He full on eats the guy. Well, yeah, I guess I was saying it in a nicer way, but he does eat Carnage. But I did not, I I don't know if I was expecting him to actually bite Cletus Cassidy's head off or not. I'm glad he did. I think that is an ode to who Venom is. So that's cool. I just said, end of fight. No remorse from Venom. Yeah. Wow. So, so headcanon wise, and I guess what I was hoping for 
was a trilogy of movies where we got Carnage introduced in this movie, and then Venom 3, we get, like, Carnage doesn't, Carnage wins in the second one, and then we get a Carnage versus Venom complete movie in the next one. Like, that that's what I thought they were going to do, based off yeah. of how fast-paced this movie was. Well, and based off the comics, that's a little more accurate, too. Right. Because they're, like, arch-rivals for almost eternity, whether Cassidy is Venom's host or, I mean, Carnage's host or not, they, like that's they're like arch enemies which which is where i was thinking it was going so i was shocked when he bit his head off i was like oh yeah that's not happening i was like wow okay all right and then we get to the other bit of comic book venom stuff that i know okay mulligan wakes up and is like infused with something okay see this is what i don't know so i'm interested because this was my thing i was like detective isn't dead he's got glowy eyes what does that mean so there's another symbiote called Toxin, and Toxin is even more dangerous than Carnage. Okay. More dangerous, more wild, more pure chaos, destruction, and death. Yes. And the other th- the other, what I was thinking might happen is that Toxin would be introduced in this movie, and then somehow Carnage and Venom would have to team up against Toxin, because that can happen in comics and shows, you know? Gotcha, yeah, like, yeah, Like, yeah. hey... I know we're enemies and whatnot, but, like, this guy's kind of, like, going to destroy everything. Meanwhile, I, I only want to destroy some stuff, and you just want to destroy me. This guy wants to destroy just all of it. And yeah. we, both of us, kind of want, like, the rest of it around. So, and then, also, Sony and Marvel have been talking a whole lot. And Sony really wanted Tom Holland in a Venom movie. And I was thinking that that's what Venom 3 was going to be. But, obviously, that's not what Venom 3 is going to be, because... Cassidy no longer has his head. Yes, accurate. And Shriek is also uh, dead. <laughs> yeah. She dies brutal, too. Yeah, she does. So it's interesting that you mentioned Toxin, because in my research on Venom and Carnage, I did read a little bit about Toxin. Not a lot, because I was like, Toxin's a symbiote that doesn't really matter, because I didn't realize that that was kind of where Mulligan was headed. But Toxin is the spawn of Carnage. Right. So like Carnage is the spawn of Venom, Toxin is the spawn of Carnage. So that is probably one of the reasons why he is even more destructive, more powerful than either of them, because it is another evolution of a symbiote, essentially. So that's actually really interesting. I didn't know that. Very cool. After all this, we see him on a beach, a nice happy (laughs) beach scene where they're like, let's just help people. Let's be superheroes, because why not? We'll be the lethal protectors for everyone. Yeah. And that's essentially how the movie ends. More than happy, yeah. It, it, it ends yeah. on a very happy note. Like, yeah, we're we're on the run from the law, but you know what? We will be superheroes. Yeah. So I think that that's a great end to the movie. And then we hit the end credit scene. Then we get the end credit scene, and it starts off still happy. I'm like, oh, they're watching a soap opera together. That's fun. <laughs> well, not only <laughs> interesting, that, but fun. But I was like, Spanish soap. Out of all of the things for Venom to enjoy. Not a Spanish soap? No. I was expecting it to be something like Robo Wars or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, like Rock and Sock and Robots. Like, I, I don't I know. know. Just so, something. Not that. Yeah. Exactly. And then Venom's like, I haven't given you half of the knowledge that I have of the world because 80 billion light years of knowledge and all of this other crap would melt your brain. He's like, here's a little taste. And then that taste kind of gets interrupted by some weird glitchy thing. And I'm like, what's this weird glitchy thing? That shifts the reality of everything. Yep. And, and we see this the is man where... himself. Yes, we do. Let me just, before we really, really get into it, let me just read you the notes that I wrote. Okay. These two notes are in all caps. And one says, holy crap. Then the other one says, what? And that's it. Those are my <laughs> notes. Um... <laughs> Mine said, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> that fits too. But yeah, so we see... Big spoilers. We see on the news, J. Jonah Jameson from every Spider-Man movie that's ever existed because it's the same person. J. Jonah Jameson talking about Peter Parker being Mm -hmm. exposed as Spider-Man, which if you don't know, spoiler for a different movie, is how Spider-Man Far From Home ends. Yep. So now we are in the MCU. Well, not only that, but that- In some way, shape, or form. And that warping change thing that we got I think was the change from the Venom universe to this universe, which is why like Ant-Man didn't show up in Venom 1 or even this movie, you know, because we're in San Francisco. Yeah, Ant-Man can you know, pop on by, say hi, or 
even to interact with these crazy events that are going on. But, oh, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. But now that it's a different universe, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And we I have think, now shifted. I think this is how they're going to do a Venom 3 Tom Holland crossover is a Venom 3 crossover with Toxin being the bad guy and Spider-Man helping out. So what I think is really interesting, though, is we just saw them all like happy. We're like, we're going to help people. We're going to save people. Mm -hmm. And immediately Venom sees Tom Holland on the screen and he's like, this guy. (laughs) And he like licks the TV. He's like, I want to eat him. It's like, you don't even, what? Why? (laughs) I I think because Venom sees the news report and is like, oh, they're calling this guy a bad guy. That's a bad that's guy. That's true, because that's all Jameson. Jonah J- J- that's all J. Jonah Jameson has ever done with Spider-Man is and peg him as Eddie, a bad guy. Right, not Eddie. Eddie seems like the kind of guy to double check his research and really look into what's actually going mm-hmm. on. Venom seems like the kind of character that would accidentally watch Fox News. That's fair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's so interesting how well this universe shift actually works because in normal Spider-Man lore. Mm-hmm. Peter Parker and Eddie Brock know each other because they work together at the Daily Bugle. Right. In the Venom universe that we know from Venom 1 and Let There Be Carnage, the Daily Bugle isn't a thing, or if it is, Eddie Brock doesn't work there. He works at a place called the Daily Globe. But on top of that, Peter Parker doesn't work at the Daily Bugle in the MCU because that happens after high school, and right now he's still in high school, so they haven't met, so it works that they are not acquainted Right. So I think that that's a really smart shift in order to make that dynamic actually really work. And it really helps that Sony isn't great at making movies. Marvel is. Yeah. You know, like Spider-Man No Way Home is its... Or not No Way Home. Into the Spider-Verse. Far From Home? Oh, okay. Sorry. Is its own thing with its own writers, its own design team. And even the second one, they're like, hey... We're not going to rush this. This is going to take like four to five years to make. And Sony was like, can you do it any sooner? They're like, this is going to take four to five years to make. And they went, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you want this to be worthwhile, no, we cannot do it sooner. (laughs) Yeah. If you want this to not flop and make a whole lot of movie, Mm -hmm. our money, then yeah. I'm curious to see if Marvel steps in and kind of like how Sony kind of is like, yeah, Spider-Man's our thing. Every movie, we have to do a thing. You know, because the contract ran up. Mm-hmm. I think moving forward, they're going to say, okay, fine. We'll make movies, and you'll make movies. But I think Marvel, given how controlling they are of the Marvel entity as a whole, will step yeah. in. So I think Venom 3, I'm hoping it has the same awkward style of not serious fun. And I think it will, because yeah. that's kind of the Venom brand. Mm-hmm. But I think Venom in the MCU is also going to happen. Yes. And, and we, I think that and they... we still have yet to get the Morbius movie, too. On January 28th, 2022. But obviously they're going to try and tie those together. So I think what we're going to get with No Way Home... No Way Home is starting to look like a multiversal Sinister Six movie. And I don't know if No Way Home is going to be a Sinister Six movie or not. But I think we're going to get more Spider-Man movies in Marvel dealing with Sony villains or Sony characters brought in. Sure. I don't feel like we need to speculate too, too much. No, 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 because... no. I'm, I'm just saying that that's where my thoughts currently lie. Yeah, because... Because Venom 2 inevitably me very excited for future Spider-Man movies because of this. No, me too. I agree with that. I think it's going to be really cool seeing how they kind of connect it for sure. What was I going to say? Shoot. I had one more thing I wanted to say, and I don't remember what it oh, was. No, I'm a terrible person. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but that's fine. So here we are. Colin, what's your rating for Venom Let There Be Carnage? I think I'm going to give it a four. I have wow, a another fun. four. Another four. I don't know another if I liked four. it more than the first one or not. Mm-hmm. I think I did. Okay. I think I liked this one more, mainly because it was more concise. Where the first Venom movie, it's incredibly awkward. Some parts of it kind of drag for me. Okay. Like, there's parts where it just isn't well... Like, it's not a so-bad-it's-good moment, but, like, just a... Yeah, this is kind of not great. Yeah. Whereas this was just nonstop fun, nonstop action. And I wish parts of it were a little bit slower, which feels weird to say. But quality-wise, where there was more budget, I feel like it was just as trashy fun. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a four. Okay, cool. 
like with Venom, I think I'm going to give it a 3.5 because I too, I'm not sure which one I did like more. I think overall they're pretty comparable in terms of enjoyability in my eyes in slightly different ways, but also very much the same way. So I'm going to stick with a three and a half because like I said last time, my four would be like a movie that I would go out of my way to watch again and again. Not quite a five, but like still a movie that I like a lot that I will like try and watch more than just like watch if it's on gladly. But I still think that this is better than your average movie in terms of enjoyment. So three and a half is where I'm going to stick with that. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us today. We, I really hope that you guys enjoyed our ranty, tangential review of Let Venom, Let There Be Carnage. If you did, please like and follow us on whatever you are listening to us on. Rate us five stars. Leave a review if you want. That'd be really cool. We love some feedback. If you didn't enjoy what you heard today, uh, give uh, Cletus Cassidy a shout. I'm sure he'd be happy to chat and, you know, maybe even... Uh... Uh, chop. Anyway, still go give us a five-star rating. There are <laughs> new episodes of the Other Brothers Podcast every Tuesday. If you have any suggestions for what we should review next, you can let us know that on Twitter at Other Brothers Pod. I've been Colin. And I've been John. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Other Brothers Podcast, and we will see you next week. <laughs> see you guys. See you guys. See you guys.